0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I'm taking your calls and your questions today on this live broadcast. Of course, unless uh, at the beginning of the program it says that it's a rebroadcast, but I'm fresh back from Israel and had a great time leading a group and a tour through the land of Israel. We just returned last Friday, and then I had the, the privilege of teaching the weekend services, and now uh, back doing Calvary Live, which I always love to do. And we're taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000. 303 is the number. And if you want to text me... It's 720-336-0897, and you can, that's a dedicated texting line. Uh, you guys listening uh, on Grace FM, this is broadcast live, and those of you that are listening somewhere else, you are hearing this on a one-week delay, and what that means is is that while you are While you're listening, uh, you can call in, and you can call while the show's going on. We'll answer your question. Everyone on Grace FM will hear it. And then on your station, when you tune in one week later, you'll be able to hear yourself on the air. Uh, It's kind of a cool... uh, So everywhere but our live broadcast and Grace FM, our, our live stream, Grace FM and... Uh, our Grace FM radio network. You guys are hearing this on one-week delay. What a privilege. 303 uh, Give me a text at 720-336-0897. Uh, we are back in the book of Daniel. Today we're actually going to spend some time unpacking what the Bible has to say about the Antichrist. Um, although we're not looking for the Antichrist, we do want to allow the Bible to teach us, and so from the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, the dream of Daniel, and then revealed in Revelation 6 and Revelation 13, we have we have the uh, revealing of the Antichrist, and we want to spend some time on that. Uh, our midweek Bible study, I, I hear it's snowing. We don't have any windows in the studio, <clears throat> but I hear it's snowing, uh, but hopefully not a lot. Come on out. We're here. We'll be here. And it's the closest thing we have to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where that they gathered together and in fellowship, They let me just read it, or let me just say it from memory, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in the breaking of bread, in fellowship, and in prayer. And that's the strength of the early church, it's the strength of any church. So come on out, we start at 7, doors open at 6. 6. While we're waiting for the calls to be processed, is the Amplified Bible trustworthy? Can I use it? Now understand the Amplified Bible is an attempt to draw out deeper meanings from specific words. And I like to refer to the Amplified Bible at times to draw out uh, uh, certain words to see if they they added to certain words to help uh, expand the text. However, I wouldn't use, and I don't use, and I don't believe it's uh, profitable to use the Amplified Bible as a primary source. So you need to use the Amplified Bible very similarly, although it's probably a step up from a a translation or a a version like the message. You know, the message is a paraphrase, and the message is actually a, a paraphrase from one person. And, and, and it's valuable for what it is. It's one person's uh, interpretation of the text um, and expanding it in some more common language. But the Amplified Bible is in a similar category. I, I would not use it to teach, although I would cite from it. After I've explained the text from a trustworthy primary source like the New King James, the NASB, the ESV, uh, I've started using the NLT on Wednesday nights, uh, and so the Amplify Bible is good for what it is, but it's not, I wouldn't use it as a primary source. No. Pastor Ed, welcome back. We prayed for you while you're gone. I needed it. Thank you. I came back well. Quite a few people got sick. Thanks for Cody and Pastor Cody and Jason filling in. Um, always blessed. So thanks. Thank you guys down in Colorado Springs. Uh, and let's see who we have on the line. We're going to go right up to Fort Collins, Colorado. <clears throat> Anna welcome to the program
4: hello how are you doing good how are you I'm good so I'm going to try and explain my situation as well as I can okay Okay. so I have a family member who has fallen on some um, rough times and other people in the family have been talking about her um, and just her situation for a while now um, and that includes me I've been a part of some of those conversations um, The are just kind of Convicted my heart about that um, yesterday, and so I didn't know. This is kind of my question here: is um, I didn't know if I should keep it between me and the Lord, or if it's something to where I should ask her for forgiveness. Um, when I've asked other people what I should do; they kind of think that it would just cause unnecessary hurt for her. Fear what's happened. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of stuck in what I should do. If that makes sense
3: well my my personal opinion uh, biblically is that you should tell her and uh, you, sh- you don't have to tell her every difficult thing you thought or everything you said but you, you want to tell her the truth and ask her to forgive you yeah and I'll tell you what verse comes to mind um, right off the bat um, and and you know I think the counsel that you received and uh, is probably true it probably will hurt her um, mm-hmm. that's the power of forgiveness. That's True. the power of relationship. That's the power of truthfulness. And hiding something um, isn't necessarily going to help the problem. And, okay. And, and so as, as you come to her and you say, Look, um, I, have, I, I have sinned against you. Will you forgive me? And, and you start there. You haven't given any details, have you? No. And you start there. And, and that she may say, you know what, I love you, thank you. She may say, well, tell me everything you've ever done. You know, it's best that I would not tell you everything you do, I've done, but it is best that I tell you that I've wronged you and, and I've made it right. But I want you to know eye to eye that I love you and that I care for you and that uh, you have somebody standing in your corner.
4: Yeah, definitely.
3: Um, and here's the verse that comes to mind. Um, it says in First John 1, 7, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin.
4: Okay. And
3: and when light is shed on our difficulties, when light is, and when we humble ourselves, it it could, so let's consider this, it could go really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, She could flip out and be mad, she can be angry, she could, um, there's a thousand things that could happen that, that that, that are outside of our control. But yeah. I think that if I was you, and, and a, if it was me, I would say it, I would do it personally.
4: Okay. And should I include anything about the family, or should I keep it personal between? I think what, you should keep what, it
3: personal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't involve anyone else. I wouldn't okay. uh, give her, and, and that's, I think you should be like laser focused. Okay. I have sinned against you. Would you please forgive me? Well, what did you do? Just trust me. Um, you know, and, and again, I don't know how your conversation will go, but yeah. don't fall to the temptation of exposing all these other situations. And that would definitely, that's not you. If God wants to reveal it to her, he will. Um, mm-hmm. But but what you're wanting to do is build a bridge and build a relationship with her. And yeah. and you're not wanting to hurt her, so you're going to be careful with your words. You know, the you're, you're not going to lie, but you're also not going to share things that she doesn't need to hear from you
4: true okay
3: okay let me pray for okay. you because this is a hard thank one
4: thank you so much yeah
3: father i pray for anna as she um, wrestles with the reality of of her own sinfulness lord and i think it's a battle we all have it's a battle that we all go through um that that we are depravity and and the foolishness of our lips and our minds um we confess them to you And we're grateful because your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. But this confession to each other is a hard one. And so I just pray you would give wisdom to Anna and that the the person that she's going to would receive the general statement and not try to dig more and and actually receive this conversation as an invitation to to let her know that of everything that's going on in her life, uh, she has someone in her corner. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen. thank you so much.
3: You're welcome. Let me know how it goes.
4: Okay, sounds good. All
3: right, bye bye. Bye bye. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number. You know, many times this is the piece missing in personal relationships. We love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, and mind, but then we kind of redefine what love is with others and we'll just oh, we'll let it go and um we'll not say anything and, and we'll just pretend I but then then we're carrying a burden on our shoulders, and it's best to confess our sins to one another. And we don't have to be, on we don't have to give it all, every single detail. And, um, and I, I think that we could do it wrong, but it, it's a powerful thing to go to someone and tell them, "I've wronged you. Will you please forgive me?" Um, without and hopefully they go, "Well, how would you wrong me?" You know, just please, I'm just asking for your forgiveness. And, and I, and trust me, it's taken a lot to come to you and, and I want things to be right with you. So 303-690-3000, I got a text question. I sure would like you to call me on this, but it is, should we sing Bethel and Hillsong worship music? The answer to that is some of their songs, yes, and some of their songs, no. I have a feeling though, that your question is deeper than that, and it would be best for you to call me. Uh, but some songs, no, we shouldn't be singing because they, they aren't reflective. And that's not just a Bethel or Hillsong uh, situation. Some songs just don't reflect um, an accurate depiction of God or us. Or, um, But I, I, I'm, I'm sure your question's deeper than that. And I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, we sing Bethel and Hillsong worship here. And uh, the category that Pastor Ian and Jason and the people that lead worship here, the question that I ask is, where's the sin in the song if there's sin in the song we shouldn't do it but is it from a different uh genre of christianity a different movement ha- has teachers said things we disagree with uh yes 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 but some of the hymn writers would be people you disagreed with some some of the songs that were written by maranatha um am using calvary chapel or the vineyard you know or it's there's broken people write songs sin-soaked people write songs uh but we would sing songs by those that are redeemed but call me i'd love to talk to you about this it's uh it's unfortunately it's like a huge deal in the church today and it doesn't need to be 3036903000 is the number let's see who's next i think it's our beloved bianca bianca welcome to the program
5: hello pastor Ed.
3: hello what's going on
5: i have a praise report on a few weeks ago, before you went to Israel, I I asked about um, provision for my new machine. Yes. And I'm glad to say that the Lord provided.
3: Oh, wow. That's great. Do you have it yeah, already? Is it, it ordered? It
5: actually happened within a week after I I called with that prayer request for provision.
3: Wow. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations, Bianca. And I also know that you were also mentioned in our staff meeting today because you signed up to be a part of the missions, uh, March Missions mm-hmm. servant team, and so you were mentioned yes. uh, today that— we're looking forward to finding out how God's going to use you uh, to support missionaries this March. It's like, very exciting.
5: Yes, I really believe that maybe this will lead to even a bigger step of faith. I know I've been saying it for a long time, but I don't know why, but somehow I think that this is it.
3: Fantastic. Well, thanks for Bianca, and thanks for giving God the glory for his provision.
5: All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Talk to you later.
3: Bye-bye. is the number. Uh, what a blessing to be on the radio together, to hear of God's testimony, taking care of Bianca's needs according to his riches and glory. Amazing, amazing. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. We got two open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000. Let's see here, who is next? Oh, it's not processed yet, so we'll just wait for you to call in. We're in the book of Daniel tonight. Uh, so give us a call, uh, studying the book of Daniel verse by verse. We finished the first—I What uh, where, where I thought we finished chapter 8. Maybe we only finished chapter—no, we did finish chapter 8. So we're going to be pausing—well, not necessarily pausing, but we're going to be capitalizing on what we've learned about the Antichrist already and just kind of closing that loop tonight uh, by going to Revelation 6 and Revelation 13— uh, to, um, to begin to look at this fascinating character known as the Antichrist. Uh, and you know while we're not looking for the Antichrist, uh, we do want to study—the Bible's given us information about who this is and, and what it's going to be like in the end times and how things are going to roll out in the Great Tribulation period after the rapture of the Church. So we're going to uh, look at that tonight uh, verse by verse— And I'm looking forward to delivering it, Uh, looking forward to being back with the saints. We're going to have communion together. Uh, We are going to uh, worship together. We're going to pray together. We're going to get a missions update of our missionaries to Ireland together. Um, And we're going to—did I say communion already? We're going to have communion together. So it's always a great—I love midweeks. I love, love, love our midweek Bible study and uh, we're gonna be here at seven o'clock either here in the building or online or live on Grace FM. 3036903000. a shout out. You know what? You know I want to thank you guys that are listening on Truth FM because I have started to receive quite a bit of feedback on our abounding grace radio broadcast from Truth FM. So welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to get your emails and to hear from you. Uh, And so thank you guys for sending your notes from wherever station, Hope FM, Truth FM. Uh, If you're listening on a local low-power FM station that your churches are operating, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you, There's a good chance that Abounding Grace Radio, our radio broadcast that's been on the air now, let's see here, how long has Abounding Grace been on the air? Let's see here. Uh, oh, I don't have it on my calendar. Let's see. Uh, radio anniversary, 2001. So from 2001, um, May 7th, uh, 2001. So what is that? In May of this year will be uh, 19 years we've had a radio broadcast. Um, wow. So grateful to be a small part of the big work that God is doing in your life. 303-690-3000. Let's go over to Dee in Estes Park. Dee, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What's going on?
1: Well, a lot, actually. Okay. My Well, we're in a situation where my husband's mom just passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And my daughter-in-law. Wants to divorce my son, mm. but her, it's her reason—the way that it came about—that that I'm struggling with. Because she sat down one evening and just said, "I don't believe in the Lord anymore," mm. um, and I, and, and I feel good about that. And she said all of it with no emotion. And then she said, "And I want a divorce." And as time has gone on, gone on. It has become apparent that her reasoning is that she wanted to explore the gay and le- lesbian lifestyle, and mm. she said that she, she at first she wanted to remain married and 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 be a drag king. Okay. And my son said, "I don't think I can do that." Right. He said, "I wouldn't be cheat. I wouldn't cheat on you, though." And he he said what would you be doing when you're acting like a drag king? And she was basically explaining it to him. He said, that's, that's involving things that are like cheating. Oh yeah. The whole thing just feels like, I think that the hardest thing about the whole thing really is just her saying that she's okay with not believing. I don't know where to, I'm just feel so grieved by that because the other things are, she could change her mind or she could come around or something. I don't know. And, um, I don't know, have a change of heart, but to say you don't believe, how is it possible to have believed and to stop believing?
3: Well, that's a good question to ask. You know, I think sometimes we, as parents, uh, we have uh, more confidence in the words that our children say than we do in the Lord. And this is one of those times where God is allowing the words of your daughter or your daughter-in-law to really stumble you, but rather instead of stumbling you, just to remind you to get your eyes back on the Lord, and that's where your place of safety is going to be. It's interesting because today in our devotional we have devotions as a staff every morning, uh, fifteen minutes before um, before we have have our you know before the day starts. And Pastor Micah had shared today in Psalm sixteen, uh, and and one of the phrases. Uh, really stuck out at me. I was looking it up um, I was looking the words up as he was sharing and and here's what it says. It's a psalm 16 verse eight. It says, "I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. And you've just come to a place in your life right now <clears throat> where you need to set the Lord always before you so that you will not be moved. And that word move can also be translated shaken. And it can also be translated wobbled. I won't be wobbly because that right now your daughter-in-law is pursuing and going through whatever she's going through right now in her mind, in her behavior, and it's 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 going to be a a test on your heart and a test on your commitment. Like it's an attack on your faith as you watch this. And well, you,
1: for me, honestly, I I've already made my my mind up. I know what I believe. And nobody would ever be able to make me say I don't believe.
3: Well, don't, I don't mean it in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but I do mean that you are walking a very dangerous place of temptation, and so a temptation toward anxiety, a temptation toward anger, a temptation toward there's who knows what will be revealed, and and this because the situation's so painful, uh, and so hard to take, you want to keep your spiritual guard up. And consciously, continually, um, put the Lord before you, and then I'm also reminded. I'm also reminded that of a story that's given to us. It's 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 a a um, parable that's given to us by Jesus in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son. And there came a point in time in this boy's life where he didn't want to live with his dad anymore. He didn't want to live by his dad's rules. He didn't want to submit to his dad, and so he asked for the livelihood, remember? Let me just read it to you so that we can really uh, get the good news of what's happening with your daughter. If she's a true believer, then we're— even if she's not a true believer, but if she's a true believer, this is going to be a miserable road for her. It's not going to give her what she's looking for, and she's going to come to that realization.
1: I'm actually for that, for her soul's sake. Good will be
3: miserable. It, it will, I promise you. It'll be miserable, believer or unbeliever, you know, and so we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt of her profession of faith, uh, and that this is a season of, of doubting, and, you know, it's a season of questioning, and, and a season of selfishness. Um, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to explore my own way, and I'm going to uh, dabble here and dabble there, and it's just not going to... It, it's a it's a s- sinful decision. It's The wages of sin is always death. And, and I just... As hard as it is, the Bible says that when he had, speaking of the son, when he had spent all and there arose a severe famine in the land, that he began to be in want, and then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. And then verse 17, this is what I'm praying and I know you are as well. It says, when he came to himself. <laughs> and that's what we want for your daughter-in-law, that she comes to herself before she does any lasting damage.
1: Well, the thing is, she's, she's filing for—she was willing to have counsel. And when they went, you know, they, she wanted to go to a—like a secular counselor, and yes. he would prefer to go to the church. So they went to the church— and when they sat down and the counselor asked, you know, like what the percentages were, they were pretty low. And since then, it's gone down to zero. But but for her to say there's there's not very much chance when they were sitting in the counselor, we were wondering why didn't she just say that before they went to the counselor? That would have been easier for everybody. But yeah. now it's zero well, so, percent. It's,
3: it's really hard to understand, to get into well, the uh, mind of a, of a person that's backslidden or just caught up in their sin.
1: But the thing is, I have to. I want. I. I know my heart's set toward my own belief. I know that. But I need to set my heart. I think, in some way. I believe that this perspective is: if the unbeliever departs, let them depart. Just because she wanted him to just let her do all this, and just even though she didn't want to be married to him, and had, you know, taken that stance. She wanted him to like wait, you know, and just let her go do her thing. While they just stayed married, but not really married. The whole thing is very confusing. It's very—I mean, I—I need—I feel like I need to. I guess let the believer under the unbeliever depart, and if God changes her heart and mind, then then deal with that then. But it feels too confusing to. Just go back and forth with um, some of the comments that she's made, some of the things that she's trying to...
3: Well, as hard as it is, my counsel to your son would be to make his decision unto the Lord, and it's not automatic. If he desires to wait, and he desires to let her go, and he desires to see, to, to pray for her until she comes back, and he can certainly do that. That would be biblical. Um his love for her could supersede all of her sins, and while it might be hard for you and I to conceive that, um, perhaps your your son is in a different place, and so my counsel to him would be to wait until the la- the the final last second that's even possible. And st- and he,
1: I think he's had that attitude, but I think he's at a place since she she wanted to file on Valentine's Day, and somebody strongly recommended that she didn't. So then, she was going to file yesterday, and it was, or the day before yesterday, it was a holiday. And there, so, anyway,
3: yeah. so it's, it's never, I
1: think she's in the midst of doing this at this point, and he just and he, he has to just realize that it is what it is. I guess you know. Well, he
3: doesn't have to sign the paperwork. He doesn't have to cooperate with her sin. He doesn't have to immediately agree with divorce. Um, he can wait in a posture of prayer. He can wait, and and it's it's something that will be a hard decision for him. But we need to pray for him that he would make his decision unto the Lord for his life and his marriage, and that he can make it before the Lord. Yeah. All right, you hear the music. We got to go to break. I'll pray <laughs> for you after, during the break, okay? Thank you. All right, bye bye. 303 690 3000. Lines are wide open. Um, very difficult situations today. And may the Lord send his healing balm of Gilead.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live. You know, I didn't pray for Dee during the break, and so I'm going to pray for her right now. Father, thank you for the privilege of coming to you in prayer and even... Arranging for this prayer to be on the air. Um, I pray for D as she counsels her son and her son's wife, and just so much. It's just so much, Lord. Um, the brokenness of our families, the difficulties, uh, the, the 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 anxiety, the worry, the fear. And I'm grateful D is settled in her faith, but this is certainly a challenge. Um, a challenge to um, that requires your wisdom, and just as I was praying with a brother of mine recently, just asking for the, for the wisdom of Solomon, you know, to be able to know what to do and what to say and how to say it. And so I pray for a miraculous intervention in this marriage, and I pray you continue to strengthen Dee as she sees the pain and hurt in her own family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 303 690 is the number we have of open lines, open lines. Let me read to you an email I received. <clears throat> it says, I've been in treatment for metastatic melanoma for two and a half years. I was, told it, I was told it was stable for about a year and a half. And in December, I took a treatment break, and this was thought to be a safe need a thing to do probably a month and then new tumor showed up and um uh, i don't want to be on the air because i'll cry i won't i have not been to church in two years i feel better physically at the moment praise god but now i have a growth i'm afraid of and i live in broomfield so father i pray for this sister um who is battling this disease that is scary and challenging, and with the tumors and things that she's feeling, it's just overwhelming. So I pray for comfort. I pray, God, that you would strengthen her, um, even as she starts treatment up again. um, She's tired, discouraged, and part of her just wants to go home, she says. And so I pray you'd give her the strength and the perseverance to face this challenge and this trial, and that you would heal her, Lord, and, and push back the progress. Of this nasty disease in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we have wide open lines 303 690 3000. Would love to have you join me on the air. Uh, we've been able to take all the texts. Um, here's one that came in. Uh, what uh, I was in a marriage separation for over a year now, we have two separate households because of domestic violence does that disqualify someone from serving in a leadership role? The leadership role would be the victim. Uh, No, the way you describe it in your text doesn't necessarily disqualify you from serving or being in an oversight role in God's church. Um, But without the details, um, it, it wouldn't disqualify you from a sin perspective, although there might be sin that has taken place. Um, We don't know. I wouldn't be able to say, but the general way that you described it, being a victim of domestic abuse is not a disqualifier in any way from uh, oversight or leadership within the local body. Um, So without more details, it would be hard to describe it. But the, the way you described it that way, just because you're a victim of domestic violence, no, that would not disqualify you from a position of leadership. Um, But I would sit down with the leadership of your local church, uh, with the pastor and elder, and let them sort out all the details um, for what you're facing right now, especially with the hopes that you would remain safe and that perhaps your spouse would come to a place of repentance. Um, I want to pray for this guy named Kyle, um, whose wife left him. So, Father, I pray for Kyle and his wife. I pray that you'd bring conviction upon her for the decisions that she's making and that you would bring her, like we were praying earlier, to the end of herself, that she would repent and return not only to her husband but to her children and that you would release her from the series of bad decisions that she's making and strengthen my brother Kyle, Lord, that you'd help him as he faces these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000. Taking your calls and your questions. <clears throat> and the lines are filling up. So that's great. So let's see here. Let's go right to Denver's. Brian. Brian, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you?
3: Good, man. Doesn't sound like you're doing too well.
2: No, I recently moved out of the house at my wife's request, and um, you know I've been breaking down, just trying to get the Lord to kind of come into my life and work on, so I can work on my anger and my and some of the things that I've been dealing with, and, and trying to just not be angry with my wife and the situation we're in, and uh, trying to make sense of the situation we're in and why. I mean, I understand why we've, why she feels the way she feels, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't pushed, a, a, pushed her away in a lot of ways. Okay. But I just feel so, so lost. I feel like God's not listening. Jesus isn't answering. I, I just feel I'm, I'm begging to, for Him to help heal my heart, heal my anger, heal my, heal my family. And I just don't see the, I don't see the fruit of it, and and I just feel, I just don't want to be, I don't want to feel this way. I don't, I mean, even if the marriage doesn't survive, I'm just sick and tired of feeling so, so shattered. And uh, you know, I, I keep, I keep believing, and I keep pushing, and I keep asking, and I keep breaking down, but I just don't feel, it's, I'm being heard. And I was hoping maybe a little prayer, maybe a little guidance from you could help, give me some encouragement.
3: Well, it's in times like these where our feelings uh, go out out of control, and feelings are so strong, Uh, our feelings are so real, but we have to remember that our feelings don't always tell us the truth. And I know for a fact that God hears your prayers, and especially if you come to Him you know, you don't want to regard iniquity in your heart, right? Because the Bible says that if I regard iniqui- iniquity in my heart, then God won't hear me. And what that means is not that God doesn't hear the prayer, but that he's not going to enter into a, a relationship of prayer with you when you refuse to repent of the iniquity that's in your heart. And so it sounds like the way you're describing it, that you are coming to him and coming clean, and you're admitting the issues in your heart, and you're laying the bitterness or the anger, or the, whatever the emotion is of the day, and, and I know that God hears you. So when you feel like he doesn't hear you, you're processing uh, in your own way the, the fact that things haven't changed. And that's hard. I, I, I can, on a personal level, very much relate to that. It's hard to beg God for one thing and to watch the exact opposite take place. But that's where then we match with, do you believe God even when things don't go your way? Because it's easy to believe in when things go our way, right? I mean, of course, and everything's going my way, all my bills are paid, and it seems like life's going along, man. Yes, Lord, I love you, God. And you raise your hands and worship and adoration. But when things are challenging, can we still raise our hands and worship and adoration? And can we press through the feelings? Um and so just remember, your feelings are strong, your feelings are real, but they don't always tell you the truth. Only God's word tells you the truth. So make sure in those times of overwhelming feelings that you walk by faith and not by sight. And just keep a Bible with you all the time, right? Because anytime you open it, God can speak truth into your life. And so let me pray for you. Uh, God, I pray for my brother Brian as he is overcome by the difficulties of his uh, situation in his marriage and in his home. And I pray, God, as his feelings just go all over the place that he begins to doubt you, Or just really begin, you know, to to wonder if uh, you even answer, to wonder if you're even there. So, God, I pray that as he comes to you, you would continue to minister to him, encourage him, strengthen him, and help him. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Keep me up to date, bro.
3: I'm sorry, man, but I want to walk along with you, so keep me up to date, all right?
2: I will. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for all you do. Take care.
3: You're welcome. I got a text question that says, can you talk about on how there are Christians out there who believe that the modern church has replaced Israel? What other views have you heard about this topic? Well, there's a word, there's actually a couple words for what you describe. One of them is called replacement theology. And another view of it is a more fancy theological word is supersessionism. And replacement theology basically teaches exactly what you said that the church has replaced Israel and that the Jews are no longer God's chosen people, that God has divorced them, and that God has no specific future plans for the nation of Israel. Um, it te- replacement theology teaches that the church is the replacement for Israel, and now all the promises that were unfulfilled promises that were made to Israel are fulfilled in the Christian church and not in Israel. And that prophecies in the Bible concerning the blessing and restoration of Israel to the promised land are then spiritualized or allegorized into promises of God's blessing for the church. Um, The the problem with that view is that it is not taught anywhere in the Scripture. It's a man-made theology. Uh, The church and the Jewish people are distinct people groups. And so the view that uh, is popular today, and there's different views of this or different levels of this, but is, is a theological view known as dispensationalism. And you, know, you can go very um, over the top with dispensationalism, but I believe every believer in the entire world, any true believer, is a dispensationalist and believes in at least two—dispensation just means time, two time periods— the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now there's many others. You go back to, to the Adamic Covenant, the Abrahamic Covenant. You, you can go through the Mosaic Covenant. You, you, there's, I think, seven or eight dispensations. But every believer, I think, believes in two, and I can prove that to you because nobody has ever showed up at our church with a goat to sacrifice, ever, in 20 years. Why? Because they recognize that the sacrificial system has ceased. Now I know there's a lot of different views on that, but nobody brings a goat to church. Um, anywhere, at, at any time. Uh, and if they did, then they believe in the old covenant, and they believe in the first dispensation, um, and and refuse to believe in the second time period where the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world came uh, and was the once-for-all sacrifice. So I believe we teach, I believe here personally, I teach it unashamedly in a premillennial Pre-tribulational rapture of the church and a premillennial dispensational understanding of God's plan for Israel. We were just in Israel. We support Israel. We're excited that is that God is bringing His people back to Israel. That God has a future plan for Israel. That blindness has come in part, uh, but that during the great tribulation period, there is an outpouring of God's Spirit through a Jewish evangelists, uh, and God's going to fulfill all of his promises to the nation of Israel as a nation and as a people group. And so I 100% wholeheartedly uh, reject replacement theology. Um, It was introduced to the church um, through the Roman Catholic Church and then expanded upon through the Reformation, and a lot of Reformed churches today believe this, and I wholeheartedly believe the Bible teaches the exact opposite. So that's a little brief radio summary of replacement theology. 303-690-3000 is the number. Up to Thornton, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Chris, are you with us? Oh, I'm sorry. Tim, I hit your button first. So Tim and Centennial, (laughs) you're on. I'll get to you, Chris. Hang on. Tim, welcome to the program. (laughs)
6: Hi Pastor Ed, I was just calling to uh, ask for some prayer. I got a—I don't know—know if it's necessarily a bad diagnosis uh, regarding my liver. Okay. And it is—it is working like four times the amount of a normal person. Okay. And so I have to go get an ultrasound on that on Friday. So I was just gonna ask for a prayer for that. I'm. You know, of course, I'm a little worried about that. Of course, because I, I do take care of myself. So when you hear that, you know that you know there's something wrong, probably. But um, I also wanted to just give a praise report for the men that you have that are working at your church, um, specifically Buck, um, for for the most excellent way. I just wanted to reach out on the radio and say thank you for. Uh, sorry I get getting a little emotional That's okay. <laughs> uh, for, for the work that he's done in my life for the past nine months I've been able to stay sober and I, I <laughs> credit right. him with some of that obviously God is working in my life yes. and um, Pastor event is part of that as well uh, and I just wanted to say thank you for that
3: I hope they're listening because um you you're mentioning two men of God that uh have many, many rewards waiting for them in heaven. Amen So let me pray for you yep. Father, I lift up my brother Chris uh for this upcoming uh ultrasound this Friday, and thank you for the wisdom that and technology that doctors have given us um We don't always um we're not always excited by what they find but 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 these things need to be found and treated, whatever it might be. And so I pray, God, whatever it might be and whatever might be revealed, that you would give my brother Chris the strength and the stamina and the ability to um, receive whatever diagnosis it might be. And, God, we just pray it's, it's not serious and that doctors can get to the bottom of what is happening in his liver and that he would call back with a great testimony and report of your faithfulness. No matter what. And I thank you for serving alongside Buck and Avant. I love those men, um, brothers that serve their heart out unto you, and that we get to benefit uh, from their faithfulness and you working in their lives. And may you continue to multiply men who are living lives self-sacrificially committed to you, um, especially within our own church, but, man, all throughout our city. Raise up mighty godly men uh, to stand in the gap and to serve you wholeheartedly. And uh, thank you for letting us be a small part of Buck and Avant's life. In Jesus' name, amen.
6: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed.
3: Keep us up to date, Chris. Okay. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I apologize for hitting the wrong button, but Chris, you're on the air.
7: Yes, how you doing? Good. Good. So uh, just wanted to uh, get some prayer. So this might seem a little silly, but we're supposed to bring everything into prayer. Um So I've been in the military for the last 14 years, and my family has um, watched me travel all over the place with the military. And for the first time in 16 years, uh, my family is traveling to California today, uh, this afternoon, and I am staying home. And the reason why I say it's a little silly is because uh, um, I'm so used to me traveling, and now my family's traveling. Um, I find it very uh, very stressful yes. on me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the spiritual head of our house and, and, and in some way I'm like, uh, it, it doesn't feel right to me. So yes. I just figured I, I'd call, you know, and, and get some prayer on it. And, uh, you know, uh, cause I know that's not the case. I know God's going to watch over them and, uh, you know, they're going out there for a good reason. So it's sure. just hard. Uh, you it know, is. I've been the, I've been the one to travel. I've been the mm-hmm. one uh, to do all that. And now my family's going ahead of me, and I'm staying behind. So it's hard on me.
3: Well, let's pray. And I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's a okay. it's a step of spiritual growth for you. Uh, it's a, spe- a step of uh, building a depth of your faith. And uh, and even even I was recently nervous, re- uh, not too long ago, as my wife and my daughter drove back to uh, college uh, without me and without oh, my son. Yeah. And so they, you know, thousand-mile trek and and but I I just doing what you doing I commit them to the Lord commit them to his trust and uh, and and pray that they'd be protected and they were so yeah absolutely <clears throat> father I, I pray for my brother Lord as he uh, watches his family travel without him I pray that you'd strengthen him God and give him a, a sense of, of a persevering faith uh, as he commits his family to you and and just times like this is, Re- reminding him of that place of leadership and oversight in his home, and 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 it's easier, God, when we're traveling, because you know, we if 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 something happens to us, then um, it's us and not our family. But when it when it's on the other way around, Lord, it causes all this. I mean, I, I know I don't need to tell you that, Lord. It's just the way it is. And so I pray for you. I pray for my brother. I pray to you, Lord, for Chris. He's right that we're to come to pray um, in all things. And we're to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving uh, to bring our request to you. And so I pray, God, with supplication and request and thanksgiving for your faithfulness that uh, you would get Chris and his family through this new opportunity, this new step of faith. uh, And we look forward to watching you answer our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name.
7: Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank oh. you for the time.
3: God bless you, man. Bye-bye. You Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, let me go to the text line while we wait for some phone calls coming through. Hey, Pastor Ed, I'm someone who's grown up in the church but has spent most of my life living apart from God. I've always believed in God and that Jesus died for my sins, but because of my backsliding, my heart has grown hard to the point where I feel no love or admiration for God. I'm wondering what I should do from here. Well, what you should do from here is repent of your sins. And when, you, when we say repent, what we mean is that you turn away from your sinful habits. And it's not required that you feel love or feel admiration for God. What's required is that you believe in God and that you believe that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And I don't just mean a general belief, right? Because the Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. So I'm not just talking about, well, you know, I grew up in the church and I believe in God. No, I mean your belief that changes your behavior. And, and I, here's, here's where the mistake is made so often. We get caught up in our feelings and our emotions, and we try to change them before we come back to God. And we want to change this feeling, and I shouldn't feel this way. And when I feel better, I'll come back. But that's not the way to go. We don't go after emotions. Here's here's the thing. And you're you're right there. I wish you would call because I'd love to talk to you, but you're right there. And that is if you change your mind, your feelings will follow. And that's what it says in first John 1 9. If I confess homologeo, if I say the same thing about my sin, if I listen to God and say, "What the life you've been living is wrong," and of course your heart is hard, is close your. Excuse me, I'm still jet lagging a little bit. Of course your heart is hard, but it can be softened in an instant. Change your mind. Recognize, like David did, I have sinned. I have sinned against you, God. That's my first and foremost, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm telling you, you change your mind, and you begin to, you know, the Bible says Jesus told the church in Ephesus, uh, remember from where you have fallen, repent, and return. So change your mind, and just come with your feelings. Don't worry about those. Come with your feelings, read the Bible, pray, fellowship, and go through the, the motions of relationship, because you want to, not because you have to. And God will meet you there. So glad that you text, that you're right there. You are right there. Wow. 303 690 3000 is the number. 303 690 3000 is the number. Give me a call. Now the lines are full, but we don't have a lot of time. So let's go to. Rita in Denver. Rita, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Um, Hi. Uh, Can you pray for my mother? Um, My family deals with a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, We get stalked, like harassed by covens and gay members Mm. um, in in our apartment complex, and my mom is the only one who's left living there, and she's been dealing with a lot of health issues. Um, She won't really listen to me. Um, She refuses to move, um, you know, even for my niece's safety and protection as well. If possible, I would appreciate that.
3: Okay, Father, I pray for protection of this spiritual warfare, uh, just the, some of the most bizarre, difficult things uh, that are happening. I pray, God, that you would, um, in their apartment complex, bring um, a protection around them. I just think of, of the, the truth where your word says that you, you send angels to protect us. Um, you surround us. You're a place of refuge you're our protection, and so I lift up this family before you, uh, and thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. 303 uh, 690 Here's a text question. Does a pastor have to be the one to dedicate your children, or can parents do that as believers? Parents can dedicate their children, yes. Uh, dedication is not necessarily a um, a practical uh, action of the church. Um, What I mean by that is that that we have a couple of examples of dedication. We have one where Jesus was dedicated at the temple. We have another one where Samuel was dedicated by his mom. So we have adopted a principle here. I mean, it's not necessary that you have a formal ceremony. It's not necessary that you stand on the stage of your church. Uh, It's not necessary that a pastor do it. However, I strongly suggest you do it that way because it's a commitment. It's a mutual commitment. When you dedicate your children through your church, it's an agreement between pastors, parents, and the people of the church to help a family raise their children in the ways of the Lord. So there's something to be said when you do it in your church family. But do you have to do it? No, you don't have to do it. You can dedicate your kids right there. But man, it's a powerful thing. You could show you when your kids get. I mean, I remember my kids getting dedicated. It was such a special thing for me. It was so wonderful. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe I was doing it. It was, man, it was amazing. Uh, And so there's something special about doing it with a pastor, but it's not necessary. Um, So I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were asking, but um, I hope it helped. Uh, We are coming up on the end of the show today. Let me see what we have here. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to get to any more calls today. I'm sorry. We're coming up on the end of the show, and I know that the time clock is counting down. But Lord willing, we'll be together tomorrow. Uh, I have the privilege of hosting on Wednesdays and Thursdays, so I look forward to being with you. I'm back from Israel. So this is a, a live broadcast. Of course, you guys are listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, and other stations around the country, even around the world. You are hearing it one week delayed. Uh, But what a privilege uh, to be a small part of the huge work that God is doing in your life. And it's good to be back. I'm grateful that I didn't get sick, even though some people did. Let me just pray for some of the folks that got sick on our Israel trip. Uh, Father, I I pray for those that came home a little sick or got sick after they got home. um, Just trying to take away, to rob them of the joy of a trip to Israel. Uh, and and it is sickness stinks, and and I pray for those that I pray for Katie, I pray for little um, I pray for little Ezra, I pray for those that healed up before they came back. Just all the different sicknesses, um, God, that you would bring healing and strength into their bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come on out tonight, seven o'clock. Uh, we'll be here uh, worshiping the Lord looking at the topic of the Antichrist uh, and what does the Bible have to say about this fascinating character in person, a, a literal person, that I believe is indwelt by the devil himself uh, in the last days during the Great Tribulation period. We'll be looking at part one of that tonight in Revelation 6, 13, Daniel 7 and 8. Great study. God bless you guys. Thanks for the privilege of being a part of your life today. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tonight. God bless you.